In today's show, we look at the waiver wire for fantasy basketball, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com. The promo code is Locked On. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Here we are to talk about waiver wire options, most added players, the most dropped players, trying to analyze why these things are happening, whether they're good moves, some other things we can take advantage of as well. So, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, a little bit delayed on the laugh there. All right, let's look at the most added players. Number one on that list is Chris Duarte. Last two games from Duarte have been really strong. And the advantage here, I guess, is that he does play on Sunday as well. He has taken the spot, temporarily or not, I'm not sure, of Andrew Nempard in the starting lineup. This is the configuration that we thought we'd get at the beginning of the season. But of course, we didn't. We got Duarte coming off the bench and doing absolutely nothing. So I'm not shocked that eventually it did happen. I'm not a big Duarte believer, as you well know, but he was a guy that I took in like round 11 of every mock draft basically to get some security and some steals. And now we're getting that 50 games later. Is he worth an ad? I don't dislike it completely. It'd be very interesting to see what they do when Halliburton returns. Do they start McConnell and Halliburton? I really don't think so, but it is possible McConnell's been pretty good. Or do they start Heald and Duarte out there again together? Now, Duarte doesn't have gigantic upside, I don't think, but he is worth adding. I think it's worth having a look at. Pat Connaughton, the second most added player. Hmm. Last few games from Connaughton have been really strong. I We have seen Connaughton without Middleton all season. We've seen him without Giannis for big chunks of the season, and he hasn't been anywhere near this good. But over the last, say, week, he has put together some strong performances with Bobby Portis out. Did he need Portis out? Does that make all the sense in the world that it's only when Portis is out that he's good versus when Middleton's out? Because the minutes were same. Now, things have just been different for him. He's played better. And some of it is really hot shooting. Some of it's really good rebounding numbers from Connaughton. Again, I don't mind taking that flyer on Patrick. I don't think that he's a 12-team must-grab player. I'd rather grab Duarte. I think there's a little bit more staying power in it. Again, we've seen Connaughton play for a long time. And his permanent numbers have never been spectacularly good. Again, literally three weeks ago, we didn't see anything like this from Connaughton, but it is a little strong run from him. The most, One of the most added players is Precious Achua, the big sneeze. Now, this bloke is a guy that in the past has been one of the, well, started last season, one of the most unwatchable players in the NBA. Just what are you doing offensively and defensively? Nothing made sense. He improved towards the end of the season. And then to start this season, he was back to the bad always. But over the last, say, week to two weeks, he's playing really well. And we're starting to see an improvement in that dreadful field goal percentage, which was almost unfathomably bad for a center. That's up about four or five percentage points on his two-point makes from last season, still with some scope to grow. 
He's rebounding really well. And there seems to be a lot of momentum in Toronto for him to be a permanent starter, whether that's through a trade of Gary Trent, whether that's through a trade of OG Ananobi, I don't know. But it does appear that in two weeks' time, we're going to be looking at Precious as a potential uh, permanent starter. Now, of course, they could end up trading for Yucca Pertle, and Achua goes back to a bench role. But at the moment, OG is injured. Um, we're seeing Precious play 28 minutes a night, even off the bench as they run like a seven-man rotation. And I've been out on him pretty clearly, and it, it looks at this point that I'm wrong on Achua. So I'm okay with grabbing him and seeing what happens here. Um, I still have a level of skepticism that maybe some of the efficiency in the minutes don't necessarily stick. But at the moment, like he has proven me wrong so far, and the numbers are really strong. I don't really get the Max Struess um, ad, and I'm recording this after the first game of the day from Sunday, where Struess had played 17 minutes. So, like, yeah, yes, I, I don't agree with the Max Struess ad at all. He can have these occasional big performances, but it really it, look. I, I get, I get that he may have been, might have been streamed into play today. I get that. But as a long-term guy, um, no, he's just not a 12-team league guy. The same goes with Grayson Allen, one of the most added players. Again, we're looking at just four games on Sunday. So uh, Bucks players do get that extra benefit there. Allen is just a streamer for this situation. Larry Nance, again, it's the Pelicans playing on Sunday. That does help him out. But yeah, his overall production hasn't been... Um, Hasn't been probably where it needs to be. Again, we've seen the best out of Larry Nance when he plays next to Zion Williamson, not when he's playing strictly as a backup to Jonas Valanciunas and getting fewer minutes that way and then playing some of that yeah, with Ingram and Najee Marshall. Like The value of him comes um, from playing next to Zion, and we're just not getting that for a few weeks now. I guess on Sunday, with Ingram out again, with McCullum out again, he might get more usage, but it's not really in his game. Five straight games, he's played over 20 minutes, Nance. So I don't mind adding him. It's totally okay. And we run roll with it for a bit, but the upside there appears low until Zion's back. Brandon Clark, one of the most added players. Yep, absolutely. Let's go grab him. Look, he is the winner here with Stephen Adams out pretty clearly. And then Gordon Haywood. Well, that worked out as a nice stream for Sunday. He was a perfect uh, shooting in that game, but still can't get more than 25 minutes. Is that going to be a consistent thing where Haywood plays 25 minutes a night? Is this just... Return from hamstring injury recovery? Is it they doing it so McDaniels plays 25 a night? I, I don't want Gordon Haywood in 25 minutes a night on my fantasy team. I've got no problem adding him. He's for free off the waiver wire, and he has shown an ability to be a top 100 player, not this season. But he has shown that plenty of times in the past. Um, but I'm a little bit cautious about the 25 minutes that he is uh, currently playing and how realistic that is to be useful moving forward. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy, but it's not daily fantasy that you've played in the past. It's not salary caps. It's not lineups. It's just individual player projections. That is it. So you might see Gordon Haywood with the player projection points of like eight and a half. Yeah, I think he will score more than that. Or you might see his teammate, PJ Washington Jr., with rebounds at five and a half. And you go, maybe it's a big rebound day for PJ. So we'll take more in that one. You get between two to six of those individual player projections. Put them into a lineup, and you can win up to 25 times your entry fee back. You can do this in over 30 states. You can do it in majority of Canada. You can do it in under 60 seconds as well, and you can do it for the NBA, but also other sports, NFL, college basketball, both men's and women's, cricket, NASCAR, golf, NHL, uh, boxing, MMA, disc golf. No pickleball yet. Maybe that's coming, but disc golf is, of course, there, so you can uh, feel pretty comfortable in that knowledge. Download the PriceFix app or go to pricefix.com. To sign up and play daily fantasy sports, first-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Let's look at the most dropped players 
on the waiver wire now, or yeah, they are back on the waiver wire now because they've been dropped. Number one is the tank, Tom Bryant. Remember there was that little glimmer of hope. Oh, maybe they'll play Bryant and Davis together. Like whenever he had like a huge game. Yeah, that's obviously not happening. Maybe there'll be the occasional game where it happens, but you should feel pretty okay with dropping Tom Bryant. Like they're just not going to play them together. Bol Bol, one of the most dropped players, probably five weeks overdue. Look, we could see where this was going weeks and weeks and weeks ago. It was very obvious in my mind anyway. Um, and obviously I took a lot of criticism for saying that, but this is just what was going to happen. Now we always keep an eye on Bol in case trades happen or in case injuries happen, but it's going to require a little bit for him to get back to playing 26 minutes a night. I, I don't really see that as a priority for the Magic. I don't think he's anywhere near as good as what we saw earlier in the season. So to me, it's a pretty clear drop. I think Josh Richardson's fine to drop as well in amongst the ins and outs with injuries, the um, lack of consistency with playing time, the lack of consistency with shooting. There's no reason to have to hold on to Josh Richardson. I mean, you totally can, and you, you can absolutely use him, but it's more on a streaming basis, so definitely not a must roster. And then Victor Oladipo, that's, that's an interesting one, Oladipo, because we are seeing his minutes and production fluctuate. Now, today he went back to 32 minutes in that game against the Hornets, but he played like 22 the game before that, um, whereas I'm just going to look at... Yeah, he played 22 and 23 the two games before that. His shooting remains a big question mark. Today, look, he scored nine points on 33% shooting. He's a good steals player with a little bit of upside. I probably... Look, I would have dropped those other three names pretty clearly ahead of Oladipo, but he is trending downwards. Chris Boucher, been dropped in a lot of spots. Um... Yeah, look, I, I get that. You, you, there's no reason for him to be a 12-team league player. He's more of a 14-team league guy without really any minutes consistency, role consistency, or production consistency. Uh, not someone that we need to hold. The next one is Rui Hachimura because he's not very good. Yes, I think he will do more in LA than he's done the first two games. But you saw it in game two. Like This is why we are skeptical about Rui Hachimura as a category league player. When you don't get assists or steals or blocks or hit high volume threes or get to the line a ton and have subpar percentages at times and not the greatest rebounder, what do you do? You need a lot of usage and a lot of minutes. And when Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Russell Westbrook play on your team, you're not getting that. And that was exactly what we said when that trade went down. Gafford was the preferred ad during that trade. Um, I think that's. I think they'll end up being pretty good. That'll end up being a pretty decent result. I've got no problem with dropping Rui Hachimura. In a points league, I would consider holding, but it hasn't looked good so far. And in a category league, again, I don't think I would have even bothered uh, adding him. Dylan Wright, most dropped. Yeah, look, he still played 24 minutes last game. He didn't get any steals, so people just moved on pretty quickly. But he's got 20 minutes in eight consecutive games, 22 minutes at least in eight consecutive games. He's probably going to get 22 to 24 minutes a night. Is the upside all that high? I don't think so, unless Monte Morris does suffer an injury. But he does have an ability to be like the 100th best player. I wouldn't have dropped Dylan Wright. And the last one's going to be the controversial one. It's people dropping Jonathan Isaac. Now, people will come to me and, hey, you know, what do we do? Do we hold on to Jonathan Isaac? And I think you're asking the wrong person. Not that you shouldn't ask me questions, but he was someone that I had absolutely zero interest in adding for exactly the reasons that we are seeing now. And you have to treat him as the most luxury of luxury stashes. You've got to be on top of the standings because it's going to be a slow ramp up. He is going to miss back-to-back games. He is playing 10 minutes a night, less than 10 minutes a night at the moment. And yes, that will change as the season goes on. But also, the level of aggression and high usage that he's seeing in eight minutes is just not going to translate to 20 minutes. And I see so many people talking about, you know, oh, just wait till he gets 20 minutes. 20 minutes might make him the 120th best player. Like, I don't think it's going to be like, oh man, he's this top 90 guy that's dominating. I don't think he's going to do that in 20 minutes. 25 minutes? Sure. 
will he ever get that? I find that really hard to believe this season. I just really do. Like, they, he took three years to come back from a 12-month injury. I don't think they're going to be ramping up gigantic minutes, or nor do they need, need him to, nor is the path to those minutes abundantly clear. It isn't. Like, it's not like he's just going to come in and start and play these big minutes. So if you added him in the midst of a playoff hunt, it was not the move I would have made to begin with, and you can very clearly drop him. If you are at the top of the standings and you're okay with it, you obviously added him because you think something's going to happen later on in the season when he's going to play 22, 23 minutes a night, and he's at the top of the standings anyway. Just keep holding. But basically what we've seen from Jonathan Isaac is pretty much exactly what I thought we would see in the early portions of his return. How quickly he gets to 20 minutes, I don't know. I am relatively cautious of it. I think what my initial thing was is I don't think he's even playing meaningful minutes probably or you know, playing 20 minutes until end of February was my initial guess. And maybe that ends up right. Maybe that's wrong. I, I don't know. But he's not someone that I was massively into. So I've got no problem with him being dropped because I thought he was over-added to begin with. Let's look at some players who are droppable players. Again, these are just names that if they are on your roster in a 12-team league and someone that is appealing in the short term pops up, then maybe you could consider moving on. The first four names are category league specific. The first, the last four are more points league, but there is some crossover, of course. I don't think that we need to bother holding Tim Hardaway Jr. with the return of Dorian Finney-Smith now, maybe Muxy Kleber returning soon, the return of Josh Green. The big volume, big minutes for Tim Hardaway aren't there anymore. And we even thought with Doncic out, he'd get some big usage, but that didn't happen. So I don't know what we're bothering holding on to Hardaway for. He can go. The same goes for Dylan Brooksy Brooks. Like in a category league, the benefit that he gives you requires big usage and big minutes. And when Desmond Bain is healthy, which he currently is not, he's currently out or he's doubtful on Sunday with a knee problem. Um, Long-term, when we're looking at it, it's very hard to consider Brooks. Now, while Bain is out, I'm more lenient to holding Brooks if we're willing to deal with the poor field goal percentage. And I should have given him his new sound drop, to be honest. The But you've got to be ready to punt field goals with Dylan Brooks. That's the case. But with Bain out, usage should spike giving him some short-term value, but long-term it's not there. I think Jalen McDaniels in 25 minutes is not really someone I want to hold in a 12-team league. Again, the fact that they're limiting Haywood and keeping McDaniels at 25 just keeps him on that periphery, keeps him on the fringe where you go, oh, maybe, maybe not. And we don't know exactly which direction that ends up going. But yeah, that's a guy that's 130th, 140th. Is that really worth burning up a roster spot, burning up a streaming spot to maybe hope that he gets four or five extra minutes, which is only going to come through injury. I'm not sure that it's worth it. While I also don't think that Alf Stewart is a 12-team league guy. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. We'll talk about the Pistons a little bit more later in the show, but Stewart appears to be the backup center now. And even as a starting power forward, he wasn't a 12-team league guy, so that's a clear drop. In points leagues, Najee Marshall, yes, hold him through today with Brandon Ingram out, but you would not rostering Najee through 12-team category or points leagues. Isaiah Stewart's a drop. Dennis Schroeder with the return of Davis I, I don't, and the potential or the coming return of Austin Reeves as well. I just don't see the volume there for Schroeder to be a 12-team points league guy. And then John Isaac, yeah, look, the upside for him in 20 minutes is category leagues. It's not He's not a 20-minute-a-night 20 20 points league top 100 player. He's not even close to it. You probably need 27 minutes a night, 25 minutes a night for Isaac to even be rosterable in a points league. And the likelihood of that happening is just not worth it. I can justify a stash in a category league in certain situations. In a points league, I, I, just, I just can't justify that. Let's look at some guys must roster. These are all, I think, top 100 players rest of season with... Um, 
that are available in over 20% of leagues. We'll run through some names. The first four are more category specific. You'll see it's a bunch of centers. The Cockroach, Mason Plumley. Maybe he gets traded. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But he is a 12-team league player. Jalen Duran. Now, I'm a little worried about Duran because I, I don't understand what Dwayne Casey's uh, doing. And Duran was playing like 31 minutes a night, and now they're playing Stewart off the bench and giving him like a 24-minute split like they did last game. Yes, there was foul trouble for Duran, but that is a little worrying. He still is a must-roster player, but who knows? Casey's making some baffling rotation choices, so we'll see what happens there with Duran. Walker Kessler has maintained the starting role with Kelly Linick back. The minutes haven't been ideal the last week or two, but the production is still pretty good. And last game, we saw some really good numbers for him. So yeah, he is a 12-team league player. And Dan Gafford, you know my thoughts. Yes, it will drop a little bit when Porzingis returns, but I just think his floor got raised a little bit with Hachimura getting traded, and that helps him remain an option. For points league, similar names. Plumlee, Duran, Kessler, and Malcolm Brogdon, I think, pushes into a must-roster points league situation, probably for category leagues as well. But I do like him in points leagues. He seems to get in that edge over Derek White. And there's a name that's on this that was on this list every time we've did this for the last three, four weeks, and he's not anymore. And that's Killian Hayes because, as I said, we'll talk about him later, um, the Pistons have made a change to their lineup and Hayes is coming off the bench and he's playing 24 minutes a night. And it appears it's not because he missed that game from injury. He got benched for, I don't know, reasons. Well, I do know the reason. The reason was to make, and there's so much I don't understand about uh, Dwayne Casey. It was to make Jaden Ivey the point guard and put the ball in his hands to prepare him, even though his role in this team is going to be not as the point guard, it's going to be as an off-ball player. So, yeah, the logic in that's not really there when Hayes was actually playing significantly better than Ivey and he's only six months older. So, like, what are we actually developing here on this team? But if Hayes is playing 24 minutes a night, which it appears, he's definitely in the gun to be a droppable player. He's, de- he's not must-roster anymore at all, Killian Hayes. His value is going to be a little bit more fluctuating just for assists and steals. And I can still see him getting 27 off the bench because we all can sit here and look at this and go, playing Alec Burks 30 minutes a night makes no sense for anybody. We all can see that. And there is a potential of a trade of Burks at some point too, which would likely elevate Hayes back up. So if you can hold for a couple of weeks, do it. But he's definitely not on the must-roster list anymore. I don't, well, I don't think he should be anyway. Today's episode is brought to you by TurboTax. Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert who'll do them for you. TurboTax TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can do not taxes. Show your eyes the things that are not taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. Taste not taxes. Sing not taxes lullaby. Hope not taxes sleeps through the night. Grab a saddle and ride not taxes into the sunset. With TurboTax, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish, ensuring your taxes are done right, guaranteed, so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax. Full service products only. Video meeting while expert does your taxes required. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Let's look at some hot players. These guys are all top 100 over the last week, and we'll just go through the value of those guys. Number one is Robert Covington. Yeah, I don't I don't really see it. He's missed the last two games now for personal reasons. On a fully healthy team, there's a chance he doesn't even play every night. In 23 minutes a night, Robert Covington can be a 12-team league player with his defensive ability. And there, there will be a lot of people who will grab him or will remember him from past seasons. But what if he gets traded and he finds himself in another role? And that is all really relevant. I'm not sure he's worth the roster spot waiting for a trade that seems pretty unlikely to happen. Um, that doesn't feel like a good use of a stash spot to me. His recent production was good, fueled by some blowout games and some injury absences. And when injuries are occurring and he's not one of the guys who's out, then he can be strained. But 
Yeah, we haven't seen that consistently from him. Yeah, we talked about Achua and Connaughton already. Dorian Finney-Smith really stepped up the last two games without Doncic. Whether he can maintain that level of production when Luka returns is iffy to me. I would add him in all 14-team leagues. And he's absolutely in consideration for 12s, at least while Doncic is out, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Seth Curry, yep, look, I really like what Curry is doing at the moment. He's established himself ahead of Warren and Harris and probably ahead of Royce O'Neal at the moment, although his value is very concentrated in points and threes. And we know, like we talked about with Tim Hardaway before, that that can go really wrong really quickly and the inconsistency can be a problem. So if you are going to have him, you sort of got to have him and commit. Chris Duarte was spoken about. Max Struess was spoken about. I don't think he's a 12er. Trey Lyles is an interesting one. He is in the top 100 over the last week on the back of really good shooting and elite steals and block numbers. Trey Lyles is not the first person that I or you should think of when thinking of elite defensive numbers, and I wouldn't bother to have him in a 12-team league. He's a good emergency stream on days when there's very few games on, but aside from that, like I don't think we need to get too interested in looking at Trey Lyles. For waiver wire guys in deeper leagues, um, I like Dwight Powell as a 14-team league option with Christian Wood still out. You could even consider Dwight as a 12-team streamer, but I like him in 14s. Then a bunch of guys that are available in 90% plus of leagues that um, work in 16-teamers. You've got Gary Payton there, Rick Rubio. He might even be a 14-team league option to stream for his assist, Rubio. Eric Gordon's been pretty solid over the last couple of weeks. He's a good 16-teamer. Nico Batum's a 16, Isaiah Joe. Is a 16-team league guy just for his threes alone, really. The Oklahoma City mudflap, Kenrich Williams, is a very good 16-team league guy with some 14-team league value. And then Aaron Neesmith, who continues to start but not really produce near 12-team value. You could consider him 14 as well. I think we're more looking at 16-team league value for him. Let's look at some other names we haven't spoken about yet. Jeremy Sohan is, um, I think he's there. Sohan, now! Is he, is he must roster? I, I don't think that's necessarily the case. But I do think that we should be grabbing him and watching the trajectory. It's stepping up. His free throw percentage have improved immeasurably almost, even though we can measure it. His usage is up. He's taking on a larger role. The minutes with everyone in San Antonio are going to be frustrating. We have seen that time and time again. But with what Sohan is currently doing, it's, I don't think it's probably the right idea to leave him on the waiver wire. Tari preseason, everything about Eason and the recent production, it's why context is super important, is really good to look at. Because you look at what Eason's done the last five games, we go, oh, it's happening, guys. 27 minutes, 26 minutes, 19 minutes, 25 and 31. And we'll look at that and go, yeah, look, it's happening, Josh. Just wait, they're going to trade Eric Gordon and Eason's going to get unleashed. And I look at that and go, I, I wish it was true, right? I, I wish that were true. But I can't be assured of that. And I'll, I'll tell you why. The first of those five games, 27 minutes, Jabari Smith, Kevin Porter out. All right, so Jabari Smith was out, Eason started. The second game, 26 minutes for Eason, Jabari Smith was out, so Eason started. The next game, Jabari Smith returned, Tari played 19 minutes. The next game, Jabari Smith did play, but 19 minutes and had foul trouble. So Tari picked it up and played 27 minutes. And then the next game, Tari played 31. And you look at that and go, well, Smith played 34, Josh. So that's that means that they were playing Eason at small forward. Well, not really, because Jabari Smith started at center because Shen Goon was out. So the... The thing here for Eason to get minutes, it's not if Martin's out or Tate's out or Gordon's out. It's either Smith has to be out or Shangun has to be out is what it appears like. So while it is a great trend and we all look at those trends, like I look at everything pushing up for Eason. We really love Eason as a player. He's so good. How can they keep him off the court? The problem is they just refuse to play him next to Smith as a small forward, like next to Smith in a center. They just have not done it at all. And maybe there's a change of heart. I've got no problem with rolling with him, with Shangun having issues and Porter being injured and Jalen Green injured now as well. I've got no problem with rolling with Eason to see what happens. But before we get carried away in that little trend of minutes, it's important to understand where it comes from. 
Dante DiVincenzo, I like his minutes at the moment, Dante. Um, yes, it does help that Wiggins has been in and out and missing games. He's played 30 minutes in three of the last four, DiVincenzo, but in those three games, Wiggins missed all of them. So that's something to pay attention to. I don't think he's going to be a 12-team league guy as we move forward, though. Drew Eubanks is pretty good in Portland while Nurkic is out. Nurkic missed last game, so you just roll with Eubanks until we get Nurkic back at full strength. Jaden Ivey, Killian Hayes, Alec Burks, and Hamadou Diallo. We'll talk about all those Pistons guys. Ivey, they are using as that primary point guard, which does improve his value because it means that we get a few more assists per game. We get a little bit more usage per game, and that at least puts him back into the 12-team league category discussion. Points leagues, he's been there basically all season. Category at least he's on the fence, but they are investing in him by benching Killian Hayes. So that gives a little bit more juice into maybe let's just add Ivy and see where it goes. As for Hayes, I spoke about it earlier. I think that we start to look at him as a droppable player if the role is going to be what it is. Um, Alec Burks, the last two games have been good for minutes, but his shooting has been very strong and he is more just a points and threes guy. I've got no problem adding him. They've got a four-game week coming up, the Pistons, but Burks would not be the highest priority player. I doubt that he stays at 30 minutes a night all season, but he can be a fringe 12-team league guy. And then the other one who's really stepped it up lately is Hamadou Diallo. Now, he's only playing like 19, 21, 21, 19, 20 minutes. He's getting by on very high field goals and really good steal numbers, and that can have use. But it's also hard to rely upon very good steal numbers in 20 minutes. He's, it's not like he's got an extra um, elevated role because of an injury to somebody. It just hasn't been the case or a rotation change. The, the role for him is exactly the same. He's playing 19 minutes as a backup wing and got like five steals last game. That's boosted his value. So I don't mind him as like a 14-team league guy. His numbers are definitely up at the moment, but it's just hard to see 20 minutes of him translating into a consistent 12-team league player. And that... We'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.